Hello, and welcome to our show, Only Human. Join us as we discuss topics of relationships, family, friends, and society in today's racially charged America as seen through our lenses as a married interracial couple. Gosh, do you know what memory that popped into my head out of nowhere? What's that? Remember when you got pulled over by police that last time? No, it never happened. Yeah, dream on. It kind of makes me chuckle because I know for me, I would try to get out of it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> here's the story. It was the day before our wedding, so uh, July the 6th of 2013, we were driving back, or I, I was driving back. You weren't in a car with me at the time. No. I was driving back, had a couple of kids with me, and we were driving back from Parkville to Platte City, where we lived at the time. There was a um, work zone on I-29 at that point. It was a Saturday. There were no workers out. And I didn't think that it was a big deal because usually it says if workers are present, then you need to be driving a different speed limit or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I'm just driving the normal speed limit. And um, so you think, well, yeah. And a um, highway patrolman pulls up <laughs> and flips on his lights, pulls me over. I'm, you know, at the time I wasn't t- really sure why I was getting pulled over. So when he came to the to, to the door, I rolled the window down and I, you know, just asked him, "Hey, you know, what, what's uh, what's the problem, officer?" And he he said, well, "I can tell you what the problem is. Is that you were speeding in a, you know, a zone that was allocated for work zone or whatever." He wasn't being really cool about things, and um, and granted, you're driving a sports car yeah, at the time, yeah. so he's well, you still have it, but yeah, and. I'm sure he's thinking, oh, look at this speed racer right, right. kind of guy. Well, I gave him my license and my registration and my insurance card and all that. And he went back to his car and he sat down and punched it all in. And then he realized that I hadn't been pulled over for a ticket since I was 18. <laughs> so it had been 30 years since I'd had a speeding ticket. He comes back, uh, you know, tells me, hey, you know, you you were going over the speed limit of what you should have been doing. You need to look out and you pay attention to that or whatever. Um, and gave me the ticket and you know I didn't think anything else about it. Right. Um, so so relatively for you, it it was just obviously an inconvenience and it it was a it was a stop where you maybe felt a little bit egregious, would you say, but nothing to the extent of obviously some of the things that are occurring now. Oh, yeah. I mean, first of all, um, you know, I didn't have any record, really. Right. You know, and, and I knew that. And I knew mm. I haven't had a speeding ticket in, since the 80s. And I knew that wasn't going to be a problem. Um, and, you know, the roles were reversed a little bit of what we see usually these days is I was a middle-aged white man in a car driving and the individual who stopped me was a middle-aged black man who was the, the highway patrol officer. So, you know, I, I didn't think there was going to be any of the, the racially sparked things that would happen in that. And it didn't, it wasn't like that at all. Uh, how about one time that you've been pulled over? God, my last time, thank God. And let me knock on wood. Oh, that was that was 2015, about three in the morning. I was on my way to work at the time when I was like helping out, um, working at UPS. Um, God, I forget what they call it. Preloader. That's it, preloading. Yeah. And I was late and I was like flying, trying to get there on time. 
Um, and you being late is such a rarity. <laughs> I don't even know how you even had to deal with that. I, so I'm never late, mm -mm. mind you. Nope. So thank you. I'm never late. <laughs> so on this one time I was l running late, I get pulled over. I see these lights and I immediately think, oh my gosh. And then I'm like, oh, damn it, I don't want to get a ticket. You know, so I, my heart was beating. I, I'll be honest, it was beating. And, you know, the gentleman comes to the car and, you know, I roll down my, my, my window and I just straight up said, officer, I'm so sorry. I launch into, I'm really sorry. I'm sorry I was speeding. And, you know, he smiles and he just says, you know, well, why were you speeding? And I told him, you know, I'm on my way to work. I'm running late. If I don't get there on time, then the conveyor belt and stuff all starts and it's hard for me to catch up. And he said, well, you know, can I see your license and registration? So I give him that information. The whole time, my hands are on the steering wheel. And, you know, he was pleasant to me. I mean, he didn't speak to me in any sort of condescending manner or way. And, you know, he smiled and he checked me out. And then he just, he didn't give me a ticket. He just said, you know, just be careful, you know, on your way to work. And, you know, I won't give you a ticket. And I thanked him again. I don't know if it's because I was straight up honest. I was expecting a ticket. He didn't give me one. But, you know, even for me, experiencing that, I was still really nervous because I didn't know which way it was going to go. If I was going to have to pull out one of my Oscar-winning performances to try and get out of this ticket, you know, like I've pulled years before, once it worked, once it didn't. But, you know, that, that, was, that was an occurrence for me where I was lucky enough to get out of it unscathed. And, and, I have you know? to and say he was that, Caucasian. Right. I have you know? to say that, that that's something that, probably works better for females than males in that case where you can talk your way out of pickets. I've never been able to. Not once. Well, when I was a kid, it not never always. No, not, not always. It's, you know, in some cases. But yes, you know, for me in that regard, maybe my accent helps. I found that over the years too. Even though I'm black here, it's funny. It's, it's not as occurring as much as it used to. When I first got here, especially when my accent was so much stronger, it was as if it was it was looked at as oh she's a different black person honestly it was like the right. weirdest thing but that's for another show in another program uh, we'll go and, into and that and we actually are going to get into a little bit of bias later on and that seems right. to be kind of they looked at you maybe were expecting one thing heard your voice and yeah I guess we're like well I can't put her in that category right right shift her yeah. in another yeah shift her in another one so. If you haven't been able to tell by now, we're going to speak about mainly about ta traffic stops, the things that are happening in this country right now. Um, we have a little clip that we're going to play in a few minutes. It's going to be, uh, we're going to just need to make sure that everybody understands we're not, we're not anti-police. We're not anti-law. We know that in a society like this, we need laws to keep the peace. We need officers out there to help us and to protect us. We understand that not every police officer that's on the street is a bad person, just like as in every person that you see walking down the street isn't a bad person. There's just a mix of that in this country. Okay, the clip that we're gonna play is from <clears throat> excuse me, last year, a man named Derek Thomas, who was arrested by police in Virginia, um, he was pulled over because he had expired tags. Um, three officers surrounded his car. 
Um, there was a dominant officer involved, Hewitt, who took charge. And I guess it kind of received um, a resurgence during or given this current zeitgeist of what's been happening. So um, we're, we're going to play that clip for you and then we're, we're going to come back and talk about it. This officer is trying to unlock my car. This officer is unlocking my car. They just illegally entered my car. And I'm being forcefully removed. Take a look at me. I'm being forcefully removed. I'm a fucking specimen right here, buddy. Sir, I'm in no... My last my hands are up on camera. All right. I'm in no threat You're going to get your ass whooped in front of fucking I'm Lord being... and all creation. My I'm going to give up. you one more chance. I'm being threatened. You can bring that with you. I'll let you film threatened. the whole thing. I'm being threatened no, right now. I'm giving you a chance. I am not doing anything. I'm giving you a chance. I feel unsafe. a difficult video to to watch when you see it but you know there's obviously things that occurred in the video that are disturbing and you know I asked you know Bruce I asked yourself when I, when I saw it you know how would you handle this what would you do like we know what we would say to our son but what did you take away from when you when you first watched it well my first thought when I watched it was, you know, this, this, uh, man, Derek Thompson, he is, he's obviously he has seen what has been going on. Mm -hmm. He's, he's watched the videos just like we have. He knows, and maybe he's had altercations with the police in the past. We don't know. It doesn't tell you in this story if this is a reoccurring issue with him or not, but you do understand, you see that, that, you know, he's trying to document this because he wants it to be known. Hey, look, I'm not doing anything wrong. I've got my hands up. I'm clearly not resisting arrest. I'm not touching you. I'm not being aggressive towards and you. And we and I get that. Right. But do you think there was a point where he maybe should have complied? And I'm not saying he's right or wrong. 
I'm just playing devil's advocate. Well, yeah. I mean, at, at one point when he was told you need to get out of the car, he probably should have just been like, okay, I'm getting out of the car. Uh, he continued to let it go. Right. He, he Right. Which, which spoke to what you said about wanting to make sure that he wanted to have documentation. Right. But... I, when I saw that, I thought to myself, you know, I know that we've spoken to Mikey even before any of, of, of these things have been occurring, sadly, and said, obviously, when that time comes, heaven forbid, you're pulled over by police. Please make sure that you have your hands on the steering wheel at all times. And it's yes, sir. No, sir. Free bags. Full, sir. Right? Right. Which doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be safe in that, it, in and that it, either. Of course it doesn't, but from the standpoint of this guy obviously looked like, and as in Hewitt, the officer, right. very dominant. Mm -hmm. He looked like he it just needed a spark for him. It looked like ego was present big time and anything that was not going to comply with what was going on in his head, he was going to get thrown off the deep end. And that's not to say, like I say, I'm not blaming... Um, Mr. Thompson for not following orders. He was, you know, understandably within his rights to be like, well, why are you stopping me? Well, for, for expired tags, like, why do I have to get out of a car? Because obviously there's some people that get pulled over for that and they, they don't have to do all of that stuff. Right. And I'm one of those people. Right. When I was a teenager, I was driving my mom's car and it had expired tags on it. I got pulled over. They just said, hey, look, the tags are expired. I said, oh, that's my mom's car. I didn't even realize it. And they said, well, you need to make sure you let her know. See, and that was the end of it. And I think that's the thing right there that pisses a lot of people off. Because in this regard, obviously, Mr. Thompson's a person of color. You know, you're Caucasian. It was handled very differently, you know? Right, right. I, so uh, do you think it could have gone any differently for Mr. Thompson had well, he complied or not? I don't think so, because when you hear this police officer, the trooper from Virginia, mm. he his one of his first words are, I'm a specimen. Mm. You're about to get your ass whooped. Right. You know? Yeah, I had that I too. I mean, that's that pretty much lets you know the mentality. I'm of authority here. Yeah, if you don't listen you to me. mentality. If yeah. you, you know, I, I don't care. I don't care what you do, what you say, if you're videoing it, anything else. You know, he was letting him know, and know in certain terms, I'm going to kick your ass. And then later on in the transcripts, it shows that he says, you're going to get your ass whooped in front of the Lord and all creation. And, and he actually, he looks into the video because he's being recorded right. by Mr. Thompson. And he says, he's like, candid camera or something along those lines, right? He points to the camera. He like, to, the yeah. He says, okay, you guys can watch the show or something like that. Right, yeah. right. So you can tell this guy, he was out for he was going to kick his ass. I don't care what else happened. I don't think there's anything this guy could have done other than be a different color because it, it mm. really seemed to me like he was after this guy. You know, yes, he had expired tags. That's a very minor offense. Well, of course it is. You shouldn't. And then later on, this police officer said that he thought he smelled marijuana. Well, they searched his car. Guess what they didn't find in the car? Of course, marijuana. They didn't or find any it. types of drugs, any kind of illegal substances, anything. So it just goes to show you can, as an officer, he he can use that law as as a you know use his. I had suspicion mm. that this probable was probable cause, right? Yeah, probable cause, and that he, I had a suspicion. I thought I smelled marijuana. Well, he didn't. There wasn't anything there. 
just like how they will say I had a probable cause, I, I was afraid for my life. Okay, so question, because there's other things that you guys can't see in the video, and it's on Twitter. We found it on Twitter, so you might be able to Google it and or f go on Twitter and find it. Um, appearance. I've always felt, even though it's wrong, that appearance should be a marker. Sadly, it is in this world, as we know. And the young man in question, obviously, was a person of color, but he happened to have plaits in his hair or dreads. Right. Which... They look very well maintained, but obviously, sadly, it's profiled him. Right, which is kind of what we alluded to earlier with the whole bias thing. Right. Uh, and we, we'll get into that a little bit more. But, yeah, I think that, that when you talk about the, the term uh, driving while black, that, that's gained a lot of popularity in the last few years. And that is just, that is the reason he got, you know, he felt like he was being persecuted because he was black. You know, he videoed it because he was afraid. And I think, like I said, I'm just playing devil's advocate here. I just felt for me, if that was me in that position, yeah, I probably would have recorded it. I don't know that I would have had the um, video up in the officer's face, though. Right. Because my fear would be to, like, trigger him because he looked very menacing. Right. And he, it seemed like he was looking for any sort of trigger so that he could you know, enforce his dominance on the guy. Yeah. You know? Well, and like I say, I'm not blaming I Mr. Thompson at all. Because the guy talked, you know, stood up for He stood for up his, for himself. For, for yeah. himself. You know, he wasn't going to just lie down and just be like, okay, well, you can just kick the crap out of me. I don't care. I'm not going to say well, anything. Well, and I'm, I'm not saying anything. that. I'm not no, saying no, but to that's, do that. But that's, but that's the, the mentality that you get from him is that, you know, hey, you either do what I tell you to do or it's coming. And he didn't even really give him a chance at that. Okay, so I've got a question. If Mikey's in that situation, what are you going to tell Mikey? Well, you know, like we have told before, right. try to be respectful. Wow, see? Try to, you know, hey, keep your hands where they can be seen. Ask questions. What, what is it that you want me to do? How do you want me to, how do you want me to, to, to what's my next move, officer? How, what do you want me to do here? You know, it, it's... It, see, it's, see that, and that's the thing. It's, it's difficult, right? When, because I know we've said that to right. our son. And like I say, we're not, again, saying that it's Mr. Thompson's fault. It's not, because he should not have been put in that position anyway. But coming from it from a position of if you, are, if you find yourself in that scenario, I'm more likely to comply. It doesn't right. guarantee that I'm not going to get a foot on, on my neck, but you know what? I'm going to try and limit that from happening to me is what I'm saying because I don't want to give somebody an excuse to do what they're looking to maybe do. And, and like I say, not every police officer is going to do this. Like we talked about, we opened about our experiences with police officers and what we've had, thank God, you know, yeah, and there's been nothing like nothing like this. What what this is, or any of the other yes. myriad of examples that you can, you know, whether it's a traffic stop, whether it's a uh, being stopped outside of a business on the sidewalk, or even being invaded in your own home and, mm. and being killed because you're the wrong color in the wrong place. It's, mm. There are examples all over the place, and, and every, you guys know what we're talking about. We don't need to go into all of those. It, you know, it, it would be a, a six-hour-long podcast <laughs> if we went over every case. But that's why we just picked this one and just went at it from a from a direction of being pulled over. 
traffic right. violation. And and what you have to, I guess, what comes with being pulled over based upon your appearance. Yeah. What exactly. you can expect, how you can try and behave, you know, given what we know. And when you find yourself in that situation, yes, I am a, I am all about standing up for yourself, but I do think there has to be a modicum of a sense of two hey, let me comply, just kind of like on the, kind of like civil rights. When, when I, I look back, and just even recently with John Lewis, God rest his soul, when he talked about the nonviolence, something that obviously he learned through Martin Luther King, the nonviolent approach, right. not reacting regardless of what happens. Because at the end of the day, when you, when you don't react, it does cause people to change. They, they can't help, but you have to, because then, then you see there, well, wait, I'm not reacting. And look at what was done to me. The human heart is naturally going to have to, to come around to that. And not everybody's heart, you know, most, some people are, are calcified and they, they might not be able to, to loosen those, but for the, the majority of people, it, it will. Yeah, you know? I, I saw an interview with him, uh, that he mm -hmm. showed a picture of when they were doing that march to Selma, wasn't mm -hmm. it? Mm -hmm. And you show, saw a picture of him getting just mm. beaten by that one police officer with a billy club. Mm. And he mm. said, I was, he was trying to protect his head. He was like, I was afraid he was going to beat my head and yeah. I was going to die that yeah. day. Yeah. And he said that, that, that later in life, that mm. remember he said that, that one of the people who had done that mm. and the guy's son mm -hmm. showed up. Uh, at his office because, because he became a senator later on in mm -hmm. life mm -hmm. and went in and asked for forgiveness and said, please, you know, forgive me for what I did. I know it was wrong. And he said he forgave him. And the guy started crying. His son was crying. Obviously, this guy had lived years with the knowledge that what he did was wrong, mm. that he treated another human being with such distaste and such anger and such cruelty mm. that it was more than his soul could bear. Mm. See, and the you point know? is he came around, right? you know? So, okay. So with, with all this talk about police, what's a brief history about how well, it, how it came to be anyway? Police is a relatively new, uh, thing in this country. Really? Mm -hmm. It, it, uh, the first publicly funded, organized police force happened in Boston in 1838. Mm -hmm. It was primarily made up to uh, protect the high volume of goods that were being shipped in and out of the harbors there in Boston, mm. uh, highly industrialized. So, so that's north, the so northern that was part. In the north. They decided right. it was for business, for commerce that they needed to do that. Okay. Um, by the way, these are all things that I found in an article in a Time Magazine article that was titled How uh, the U.S. Got Its Police Force. Mm -hmm. Now, in retrospect, you can look at that and say, okay, that makes sense. They needed to do that. Mm. In the South, it was a different type of policing philosophy that started there. Mm. In the South, there was a, um, it was more of a policy of, for agriculture's sake. Mm. Uh, and slaves, right? Because of the slaves that were mm. there, they needed somebody to basically run roughshod over them and the slaves and to keep them in line and to make sure that they were they mm. were, uh, you know, in line, that they were, they were giving the, the proper attitudes that they wanted the slaves to give to, you know, white people that were in those communities. Um, 
they had slave patrols, basically, uh, that would go out. It started in the early 1700s in the Carolina Territory, so before the country was even actually started, this actually started. Mm -hmm. uh, the slave patrols, they, would, they had ultimate power. They could do anything that they wanted to do. They could walk into somebody's house, bust in the doors if they thought that you were harboring uh, runaway slaves. Mm -hmm. And if they caught you with them, then you would be persecuted you know, by their own type of law. You know, there wasn't a court system that was going to take care of you. It mm. was, it was, they basically treated Their law, you, basically. Yeah, the, it the was law, vigilante law. Right, vigilante you know? type law, let's say, and, okay. And so then... That's scary. Yeah, exactly. So... Do you think that mentality is kind of like bottled over to today? Well, it's just like how we've talked before about, you know, uh, genetic imprinting. Some people believe it, some people don't. Mm. And, you know, the people who do show it say, you know, your past makes you who you are today. Mm -hmm. The things that you've done, the things that your ancestors have even done, there's, there are scientists that believe that there's that genetic imprint that, that be, the things that you've done, the things that you believe, the things that you are very uh, stringent about in your life will continue to be passed on from generation to generation. Now, some people will say, yeah, well, genetics, some people say it's just that it's passed on through actions and word of mouth I've, from I believe father the genetics to son thing. and from mother to daughter and on and on and on. Well, cause our cells are dying and regenerating each time. So there's right. got to be some sort of imprint in that. Right. Right. So after get back to the policing, uh, <laughs> after, <laughs> after, um, the civil war began, the, the, Policing actually went to the Confederate military. They were the ones who were in charge of making sure slaves were in line and everything was taken care of. Mm. After that happened in the restructuring period, then, like last time we talked about the black codes, the Jim Crow laws, uh, segregation and all of that, those were all handled mainly by county sheriffs. Uh, and until the time that the Civil Rights Movement happened in the 1960s and segregation was ended, that's who was primarily in charge of all of that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when you look at today, fast forward to the, you know, it's 2020 now, you look at latest statistics show that about 50,000 people a day are pulled over in traffic violations. That's 20 million a year. That's a lot of times that this happens. And they're really, for as many times as it happens, we hear about very few of them. Mm. But when we do we hear about the really bad ones that happen. And that's, just like we were saying earlier, we believe that police need to be there. We need them. Mm -hmm. We need laws. Obviously. We need, Otherwise, there'll be anarchy. Exactly. We don't want anarchy, but we also want police that are looking at each individual as exactly that. An and individual. diplomacy. And diplomacy. Exactly. Community. Right. Right. right? How about problem pr solving. protect and serve? Yeah. Problem Look solving. on the side of every police car, it says that. Protect and serve. And it's about the community, about the people that mm -hmm. live in that city. That's who they're supposed to protect and serve. Say, okay, so as I said, you know, 50,000 a day. Many states and cities don't keep an accurate record. They don't keep record of race, uh, the sex, unless a ticket is written. Mm -hmm. So it's a little hard to nail down numbers as far as exactly how many are minorities, how many are white, and, and that aspect. That, but there have been a couple of studies. Stanford University did a study. They did 100 million traffic stops. So it took them about five years to mm -hmm. get this compiled, um, and came up with some results. And the stats 
that they came up with uh, trended towards uh, the showing that blacks and Hispanics are being pulled over more than white drivers, according to their studies. Right. And a lot of police departments that they did contact that were part of the study said, you know, a lot of that happens because more minorities are being pulled over because they live in areas of higher crime. Mm. Uh, but it does go to show, you know, that there was only, I think in the study it said 29 uh, states were keeping track of this that Stanford could use and about 45 municipalities, so cities that were actually keeping track of the stats. Um, uh, in a um, NAACP report, it states that a black person is five times more likely to be stopped without just cause than a white person. Uh, these are just some numbers that are stated mm -hmm. on here. 65% of black adults have felt targeted because of their race. 84% uh, of black adults say white people are treated better than black people by the police, and 61% of uh, white adults that were, were polled also agree that. 87% uh, of black adults say that the criminal justice system is more unjust towards black people. Oh, I could concur with that. Right, and it <laughs> says that 61% that of adults, uh, white adults, that agreed with that also. Uh, you know, the numbers that you see, they're staggering. You know, when you look at how many people are pulled over and then you look at five times the amount, you know, five, five times the amount you're, or you're five times more likely to be pulled over just because you are black. Now, you know, it doesn't take into effect that the details behind each stop, why people were being pulled over, if there was probable cause to search, it doesn't say anything about that. But I did find a book that was called Suspect Citizens, and it did a, a study based on 20 million traffic stops in North Carolina. The reason they picked North Carolina was because in 1999, they were the first state that mandated that all traffic stops were documented correctly. It mm -hmm. had to have the sex of the individual, had to have what race they were. It had to have information. Why were they pulled over? What were the results of the stop? And, and demographic information about the driver. So it pulled into, you know, exactly, here's who we pulled over, here's why we did it, here's what happened and results to it. If anything else was happened from that, if there was another crime that was created because of a search or whatever, that we found drugs or whatever the case may be. Um, so uh, the idea behind this mandate was to settle if driving while black was a legitimate grievance. Do I, I would agree with that, wouldn't you think? <laughs> yeah, because it showed in this report that, that black drivers were two times as likely to be pulled over as whites and four times as likely to be searched. So that does show you that, that there was a you know, definite mm. legitimate grievance towards this. Uh, well, and the thing is, I, I feel like obviously people have the right to be who they are in whatever aspect they feel that is, right. hands down. But I do think there is a, th a play on first appearances. Right. And um, your appearance and what somebody will, will automatically feel about you, you know? So there are instances maybe that can help in that situation. That's how I've seen it for me personally. You know what I mean? Right. Well, they went on to talk about in this book that racial disparities did pronounce that men rather than women were highly, more, more highly likely, suspect mm -hmm. and that younger men versus younger or older men were more likely to be 
were more likely to be uh, pulled over and searched. Um, so why does this kind of stuff happen? The, bo the book points out to stereotyping, the way you look, like you were talking about. Mm. Um, you know, the difference of whether you're wearing a hat or not wearing a hat or how your hair is styled or the clothes that you're wearing. Uh, it also points out that... And, and I think about all of that stuff. Sure, sure, absolutely. <laughs> when I'm out and about. Well, earlier, That's a sad reality. We were talking about, earlier, we were talking about, you know, when you look at, you can look at two pictures of you even, and mm. here's a picture of you when you've when you're business ready or you're going mm -hmm. out mm -hmm. and then when you're just hanging out at the house, mm -hmm. you know, you're not going to, you, you know, you may be wearing sweatpants or my head wrap or whatever. It's a completely different look or a hoodie or whatever. You know, it's a different look than mm -hmm. when you go out in public. And I, and I know that, but there are a lot of people who dress the same way when they go out as they do when they're at home. Mm. So if, if the way somebody looks really does make a difference uh, then yeah, sadly right. in this, in this life right now, it does. And the hope is that it will change in the, in the future. So it won't be as, it won't be as much a focal point right. on how someone looks that you just instantly categorize. Okay. They look like this. Therefore they're that. Right. You know? Right. And that's, that's where the racial bias comes in. Mm. And that's a form of an implicit bias, which refers to attitudes or stereotypes that affect an individual's understanding, actions, and their own decisions, but it's done on an unconscious level. Mm. I was talking to you earlier today. I did an actual test. I did it three times. Harvard University had a project implicit. If you want to, you can Google it. You can go on. You can take the test yourself. Mm. I did one over race, one over skin tone, and one over uh, presidential one what of it, some sort. What did it come out as? And one of them came out saying that, I think it was the one on light versus dark skin, that I had a propensity towards uh, siding with, with European Americans versus African Americans, which I thought, well, I don't <laughs> quite understand that. But then I did one on the presidential thing, and it showed pictures of, like, uh, uh, Donald Trump mm. and Richard Nixon. And then it gives you a bunch of different things. You have to do the test to really understand it. It's really complicated, really. But it showed that I didn't have any propensity towards, propensity towards either one of them. It wasn't a big deal for me, either one of them. Which was true. And, and then I did the one that was over race, and it showed pictures of... Um, African-American faces, uh, about five different people, I think, and the same thing with people that you would kind of look more Caucasian mm. or non-black. Um, so then I went and I took those tests. I, I, I did it, and then that time it said that I sided heavily towards African-Americans versus European-Americans. So Ooh, I took that. two different tests that told me two different things about me. <laughs> so... You know, it, but basically what it showed me is, is that every one of us. There's probably, bias in it. There's a bias, bias in all of in us. In it, that and, we don't even know. And it doesn't have to be to the point of being racist, which I guess really maybe everybody is a little bit that too mm. when it comes mm. to something. That's deep. You know, but I did definitely see from that that, you know, you can be biased about something without even knowing that, that you are. Mm. And I think that's probably some of the things that are happening with the police officers. They are unconsciously looking mm -hmm. in a window, mm -hmm. they see a black I, driver. I, I believe it. And immediately their thoughts are what we've talked about before, you know, uh, that this is a bad person. 
that this is a criminal, mm. that they've done something wrong, mm -hmm. that they are one of these super predators. I have to watch out for them. You know, versus the other way around is that they see somebody white in a car. Maybe they aren't thinking that, even right. though that white person might be even more dangerous. Exactly. You know, because I don't have the statistics in front of me, but I did read about it many times today. But it showed that in police involved shootings, that there are more white people who get shot and killed than black people or Hispanic people or any other color or race. Um, so it does happen. But it's the 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 statistics are skewed because you know, 64% of this country is white people, you know, only 13.4% are black. So if you have, you should have more people that are white than black that are involved in these shootings just because of the population difference. I don't uh, know. I, I didn't realize that I guess more people of um, Caucasian descent get shot. But, but there's, there's, 50% more people in the population that are white versus any other population. Mm, okay. So the numbers, you can see the numbers and you can be like, okay, well, yeah, there's more, you know, white people that have been shot, but you can't, what, what you don't understand is, is that, okay, that only makes up for 40% of the people that are shot. Right. And that's 60% of the population versus 13% of the population and 22% of the people who are shot. So those numbers show the that, you know, there are more people of minorities that are being shot in even, percentage wise. Basically, even though that people of color are less of a percentage in this country, more of them are the ones who are getting shot. Percentage wise. Percentage. Yes. Okay. Right. So just right. to clarify that. Right. Well, speaking of police, what's going on in Portland? Oh, well. What have, what's the mayor and the governor, governor saying well, about, about you know, this? There's been, what, 50 days, over 50 nights of protesting mm. after um, what happened with George, George. Floyd. Mm -hmm. And so people, just like in other cities, are upset about all of this. There's been some violence that has happened from time to time. Some buildings have been burned, defaced. You know, I guess a few police officers were attacked by some people. Which, which could be agitators exactly. that were just put up there to cause... And that's something you know, that we have talked about yeah, a lot. Yeah, we and, talk about and, it a lot. Is, and, and I've read articles about it that even... that even Strategic. Even President Trump said in an interview that he believed that there were agitators that were behind all this stuff. However, even though he even said that mm. and believed that that's what's happening, you know, a few weeks ago, a couple weeks ago, he, he signed an executive order that said... We're going to protect federal monuments and buildings from rioters, from people who mm. want to do it harm. Because the most of the people up there who have been protesting has been peaceful protests, right? Right. There's, right. There has been, you know, there have been riots. There have been, uh, you know, which the, the, the protesters are there doing their thing. And then other people that are creating riots. Mm, and, the, agitators, and the agitators. Who are not really affiliated with them per se, maybe going up there and... And this right. is worth surmising right. in and certain articles that we've read too. Yeah, and, and, and like I said, even even the White House has, a, mm -hmm. has you know, said, yeah, we do think that that's what's going on. So anyway, in order to protect these federal buildings, which we all know a building is worth more than a person's life, <laughs> you send federal troops in. Now, I like to call them federal shock troops because it reminds me of a little bit of what Star happened. Wars. And, well, Star Wars with the shock troopers and, and Germany and Nazi Germany in the 1930s when that all started. This is why Be this is nerve-wracking, people. It is. There's correlation you here. You have 
people that are dressed from head to toe and they look military. Mm -hmm. They are wearing armor. Mm -hmm. They have helmets, shields, masks that have nothing to do with COVID that are protecting mm -hmm. them. And the reason they're wearing those masks is because they're using chemical sprays on these people, mm -hmm. pepper sprays on them, doing all this stuff to, to push back who they're saying are rioters. Uh, the mayor and the governor of Oregon and two U.S. senators from Oregon all said that they did not want any federal troops there. However, the White House and Homeland Security said, you know, they're going to be there until we feel like that there's no threat to the federal buildings or to monuments. Do, okay, so question. You know that I always say this, that everybody has an agenda, whether or not they realize it or not, including right. you and me. So with that in mind, what do you think the agenda is here when you're sending troops? Because t the America that I've come to know here now the last 20-odd years, is, isn't it a democracy here? Yes. Okay, so if it's a democracy, what do you think the agenda is here than sending troops up there when the governor and the mayor and other senators from there and the people from there don't want them there? Why would you do this, do you think? Um, I think it's to show a strong stance, a force, mm. you know, that we're strong and we're not going to have this. So a, a show of dominance. I, that's how it looks to me. But for why? Uh, to make it look like that we haven't lost control. That as a federal government, we haven't lost control. Uh, the White House reported many times, t told governors and mayors of cities when these protests were starting, you look weak. Mm. You're allowing this stuff to happen. You know what? Here's the thing. There's this thing called the First Amendment. It goes with the Constitution. It's this piece of paper that some really smart guys wrote a couple mm -hmm. hundred years ago. And it protects people of this country to be able to do exactly that, to be able to gather together in groups and to protest even against their own government. And that's what's crazy about this is because it's almost as if this has been put in place to stop that, to eradicate anyone with that right to protest. Yeah. Like, like a dictatorship. Right, exactly. This is how the seeds begin. These are the, to, this is how the seeds are planted. This is what, how it happened in Germany. Is this not? Oh, yeah. Uh, there's, there are, uh, you know, significant ties, I think. You can see to what's happening now. You have troops that are coming in unmarked vehicles. Mm. Their uniforms, for the most part, have no insignia. They don't have names on them. They say the reason they don't have names on them is to protect them and their families. Mm -mm. How in the world is somebody in Portland going to know who somebody named Officer Stevens is who doesn't even live in that community. The federal troops are from all over the country. Right, right. These are, these are people that are involved in uh, the Border Patrol, their Homeland Security, the U.S. Marshals Service. They mm. don't know who any of these people are. No. So, yeah. It, I mean, there are parallels here. This is why it's important that we have to look at the past because... The past can help us change the future and make it a better future. 
because this has happened before. Right. And like we've talked about many a time here, I feel as crazy as this may sound, but I'll share it with you guys. You know, Trump is basically like a teacher. He's showing us, hey, who do you want to be? Do you want to follow what I'm saying? Or are you going to be who you want to be? Somebody like that has come a few times before. It, even Hitler's one. Hitler, what he did was absolutely atrocious. But the worst part about it was that the people followed him. Hey, he wouldn't have been who he was if he didn't have the backing from the people. And that is a fact. Yeah. He, he managed to obviously manipulate a lot of people to believe in what he had going on. And that's the scary thing here. And the thing that we want to highlight and help prevent living here in a democracy we want it to stay that way well the great thing about being in a democracy is is that all our opinions count right now we don't have to agree with each other and it's never been more obvious than today <laughs> yeah when all you got to do is look at social media look at the news you see people on the far left people on the far right it's all about republicans it's all about democrats it's all about this it's that you know, it's them versus us. Mm. That's the device that's been put in, the device that's been put in to the keep ego. us all separate. One of the plain fields of the ego. Yeah. What better way to win and make your agenda the one that wins mm -hmm. as to divide, divide. and conquer? Mm -hmm. You divide and you conquer. If we stay united, which we have done in the past at times, mm -hmm. then we win. It's when it's taken away from we and it's turned into them versus us, there's no, more, no, no. longer a we. Mm -mm. It's them versus us. And it doesn't matter what side of it you're on, you're on the wrong side mm. because it needs to be we. We the people. Mm -hmm. That's how it starts, the Declaration of Independence. It doesn't say us versus them. It doesn't say, well, us over here want to do this and them over there want to do that. <laughs> and if that was how it started off, this country would have never started. Yes, because this, this country was founded on people coming here. So guess what? When people come here, and I'm one of them, right? And I pay taxes, and I'm Laura Biden, and I contribute to society. Hey, we're doing this now, contributing to society. Right. It's what makes America great. It's a melting pot. Right. So it's not us versus them, because guess what? Everybody here has come at some point. If not you, your ancestors have come. The natives were the ones who were here. Right, right. You know? Which, when you look back at that population thing, I was talking about 0.02% of the population in this country are Native American or, <laughs> or Alaskan Native. That That's... means that we did a pretty good job of getting rid of them as a country when we first started this wonderful place. Once again, look, we all have our past. We have a past as a country. We have a past as a people. Celebrate who we are and where we've been and what we've done. But in order to celebrate those things, we have to acknowledge where we have been and what we have done as a country and as a people. Uh, I guess that's it for today. I'm being given the shut it off mode. So uh, I just want to say thank you for joining us today. If you have any questions, we'd love to hear from you. Follow us on Instagram or Twitter at Bruce underscore A. Williams and Pamela Seven Williams.
This podcast is supported by us, but we'd love to get your support too. Subscribe, give us a review and help us bring our message to humanity. See you next time. Bye.